But the first night prayers are always a very good time of prayer. I tell your neighbor, I'm glad you are here. Um, during the prayer section, I want everyone to be seriously engaged to pray. Yeah, stop trying to depend on people to pray for you. Learn how to pray for yourself. Learn how to enter into the secret place of God, where your God knows you by name. Hallelujah. Yeah, you become too accustomed for people to pray for you. Get to the very place whereby you, when you enter into your prayer room, God knows you have showed up. Hallelujah. Amen. Demons need to tremble when it comes to you because of the God that you serve. Oh, you didn't say amen to that. Some of you are still watching me and looking at me, but I'm just telling you the truth. The truth will set you free. Hallelujah. And this year we've spent time dealing with the subject of prayer. It's because the child of God needs to exercise the authority. And the place we exercise our authority is the place of prayer. So whenever we pray, we know that our God hears. And when we pray, we know that our God cares. So he will come to our aid. Hallelujah. Your amen is too small for Jesus. You have to understand that you are on the winning side. You are not a loser. But you are on the winning side. And a a, a victorious person exercises the ability to walk victorious. Amen. You can't keep your mouth shut. But you have to exercise how to use your lips to praise God, to embark into the heavens, that God will make a way. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell your neighbor, we are going to pray tonight. If pastor does not get through the preaching, he's going to stop it. Tell your neighbor, pastor has to stop it. So we can pray. Hallelujah. Those, your neighbors that don't want to pray, please, find another neighbor that wants to pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. I understand that many want to also testify again, but we can give the opportunity on Sunday for people to testify. It is necessary that a child of God needs to exercise the place of testimony. Because if you look into your life and see, there are some people that I'm surprised that their names were not even on the list. I was shocked. I myself, I was beyond shocked. Because when I know what God has done for some people, and I say, hey, you have forgotten already. Jesus is our Savior. Our Lord is a good God, though. Huh? Some of you, the crying and the prayers that you prayed 2018, when we were crossing over, and then 2019 came, and God showed himself strong. And then because now he showed himself strong, you are good. So you don't need to testify. May the Lord have mercy upon us. This evening, I want to speak on the subject, clinch unto your Bethlehem. Clinch unto your Bethlehem. And we are going to take the scriptures of the book of Ruth. Minister, I too had preached half of my message, but that's okay. Hallelujah. Because that tells us that the Spirit of God is here. Amen. Amen. Ruth chapter chapter 1, verses 1 all the way down. We are going to go the way down to 17. And I'm going to read it very quickly so we can spend some time quickly in the word. Amen. Amen. Now, the Bible says that now it came to pass... In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech. And the name of his wife was Naomi. And the name of his two sons were Malo and Shalom, Erephites of Bethlehem, Judah. 
And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left and had two sons. Now they took wives of the, of the women of Moab. The name of, the, of one was Oba, and the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. Then both Malo and Shallow also died. So the woman survived, so the woman survived her two sons and her husband. Verse 6. Then she arose with her daughters in daughters-in-law that she might return to the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Therefore she, heard, she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to your mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grants that you may find rest, each in the house of her husband. So she kissed him, them, and they lifted up their voices and, and wept. And they said to her, Surely we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Return back. And I want you to keep caution of verses 12. Return back, your daughter, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I, ha if I should say I have hope, if I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them till they are grown? Would you restrain yourself from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sake that the, ha the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Opa kissed his mother-in-law. But Ruth clenched to her. And she said, Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Return after your, your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Don't entreat me to leave you, or to turn back from you after, from following you. For whatever, wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and where you will be buried, there, and the Lord do so to me. And more also, if anything but death parts you and me. Amen. Amen. Say to your neighbor, cling unto your Bethlehem. Father, I thank you for the reading of your word, and I pray that your word will be ministered into our hearts as a fertile ground that, Lord, it shall germinate to the glory of your name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. When the scriptures begin first, and it says, now it, it came to pass, it is necessary that you take note of that. I know most of us, we are accustomed when we are reading the word of God, we go through it and just keep reading it. 
But when God puts specific statements in there, he wants you to keep in mind what is happening during such a time like this. And in this very particular book that the Lord has given to us, it began first and says, now it came to pass. And during that time, what was happening in that time? The Bible makes it understand that the people of Israel were under, so what days of being under the rulership of the judges? So what does that mean to us today? Or what does that mean in this story? During those times under the rulership of the judges, we need to understand how the people lived their life. Because if you understand how to live their life, then you understand how to live your life. Now what the Bible makes us understand in the book of Judges, that in those times, the people did whatever pleased their eyes. And really, we are living in times that everybody, somewhere, somehow, even in the people, the people of God in the church, do what pleases them. Not what just pleases God, but what pleases them. Hallelujah. And that was the life that they lived in those times. And it's very similar that in these times as well, if you look on television and everything else, people speak when they feel like speaking it. There is no restraints to what they say. People say whatever they feel like saying because there is no respect to the authority of Yahweh. I might say something to someone here. So that was the kind of lifestyle that was happening. People did whatever they wanted to do. Mm? But the Bible also makes them understand that in during those times as well, there was famine in the land. Meaning that there was a situation of hardship in that very location of Bethlehem. There was a famine in the land. So the Bible makes him understand that this man decided that he would take his wife and his children out of Bethlehem to Moab. Because there was hardship. Follow me now. He decided to take them out of Bethlehem to Moab. Now you have to understand the significance of this. Bethlehem, the name meaning means that the house of bread. And Bethlehem is not just any ordinary place. But it is a place that God had destined before time. It wasn't just any ordinary place. But it was a place that was carrying God's mandate. But when the hardship came, he thought that the best way to handle the hardship was to take his people out of it. But, 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 but that is the place that God has commissioned his word. Hear me. You see, in the book of Micah chapter, chapter 5 verses 2, I want to read this. He says, this is the Lord speaking, but as for you, Bethlehem, Ephraim, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will come forth 
for me. He's talking about Jesus. To be a ruler in Israel, his going forth are from long ago. From the days of what? Eternity. Means that before Bethlehem came to be known by mankind, God had already orchestrated Bethlehem to be the place to, to receive his son, Jesus. But then when the problem of famine came, this man thought it wise to take his family out of the place that carries the divine promise, that carried the divine grace. But Moab, what was about Moab? Moab was a place that God has rejected out of the congregation of the Israelites. But the man thought, it was better for me to go to the place that has been rejected. Instead of remaining in the place that God has already ordained. You see, sometimes in the, in the time of hardship, I came to tell someone, you got to make decisions. But the decisions you make does matter. Tell your neighbor it does matter. I want to speak this word because as we keep going forth in the next year, very soon, I want you to know the Lord is with us. And last, last week I said, the promise of God will not change concerning his blessing concerning you. But it does not mean that you will not experience some challenges. But then when the challenges come, do you remain in the place of the promise? Or do you try to move to go to the place that had already been rejected, but in the eyes of man, it looks good? You see, in some way, somehow, we realize that in the life of Abraham and Lot, you see, Moab is tied into the life of Lot. Moab came out of Lot. And you see, Lot, when he was walking with Abraham, the Bible says that as God keep blessing Abraham, so also Lot also became blessed. But then when Lot, when God, when, when, when there was contention, and, and, and Abraham said, you got to find a place to go with your people, Lot looked at the place that looked good in the eyes of man. But Abraham... He understood the promise of God was not about what looked good. But what God has said, because God has said, every place your foot touch, I will bless you. So it does not matter if the place does not look good. It does not matter if my Bethlehem today does not look right. As long as God promised it's still upon Bethlehem, I am not moving today. You see, sometimes we feel like you got to keep moving to find a place of rest. But there is only one place of rest. And that is in the hands of the Most High. I don't know what you are looking for, but 2020 is coming. But I am excited about 2020. Because I'm not worried about what I'm going to see. I, I keep following this story because it is necessary for you to understand this. 
because it is about time that Christians, we stop trying to look for someone to tell us about prosperity when I already know that greater is he who is in me. I'm already rich because of Jesus. As long as I've been saved by grace, the last time I checked, saved by grace. It means that the riches of God's grace is already my portion. Can I get some amen here? No, 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 no. Follow me. So, so then the time came, this man died. His sons also were died. And then the Bible says that Naomi and his daughter-in-law decided to go back to what? Bethlehem. Now, keep in mind that the daughters-in-law were from the place of Moab. They were foreigners if they were going to go to Bethlehem. But the question you actually ask yourself, what caused Naomi to go back to, to decide to go back to Bethlehem? Because the Bible says, Naomi heard the message that God has visited his people again. And he has given them what? Bread. Now, in those who are taking notes, keep that in your, in your notes. They, they decided to go back because they had a message that God has what? Visited. Mm. Now, as they were going, Naomi looked at her life and realized, she said, if I had any hope, meaning that in verse 12, meaning that she looked at her life and realized how hopeless she was. And how can she take anybody else with her? You see, let, let, me, let me just tell you some few things here. Because there is a reason why I wrote some things here. Huh? You see, what I wrote here was this. What determines a man's present and future is the measure of the person's hope. Naomi made the decision to let her daughter-in-law go back. Because when she looked at her present life, there was no hope in her own life. How can she offer anything to anybody else? Are you hearing me, church? But once again, what determines a man's present and future is the measure of the hope. You see, in the journey of life, the core of your warfare, the warfare that you face in your life, all comes to fight against your hope. In the medical field, what I know is that when a patient loses hope, it doesn't matter how much, how many medications you give to this patient. When hope is gone, the soul is gone. So the warfare that we face every day in our life is to come to afflict on your hope. But that is why God hid that hope that is able to sustain man not on the outside of things. Because hope that is seen is what? Oh, read the book of Romans. You understand this. Hope that is seen is what? No hope. So the book of Colossians 1, verse 27, it says that Christ in you is the hope of glory. 
Meaning that Christ is your hope. So God has hidden that very hope in you. So what you should be carrying with you every day is the hope of Jesus. Because if Jesus Christ is in you, greater is he who is in you. Then your hope should always remain strong. Know that it does not matter what you go through. But as long as Christ is in you, he is the hope of your glory. Meaning that the internal end of mankind, the internal destination of mankind, is glorious when you know that what is in you is Christ. You didn't get me here. In 2020, and the years to come, what would make the difference in your life is Christ. I say it's who? Who is it again? What you have in you today is Christ. If you cannot see that you have Christ in you, then what hope do you have in life? But I want to teach you, I want to show you something here. So then the Bible says, in verses 13 going, of, of Ruth chapter 1, that as you keep going, when, 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 when Naomi told the two young girls to go back, Opa said, yeah, yeah you, may, you are right. Because indeed, your condition does not look right. And going with you to Bethlehem will not do me any good. But now, but my Ruth had a different mindset. The question I came to ask you, were there two messages? I think there was. Because somewhere, somehow, Oprah decided to go back to her gods. But Ruth decided to go back, to go with who? Naomi. Even though Naomi said, I have no hope in me. Follow me does not help you. Yet, Ruth said, I'm still going to go with you. He said, don't, don't, don't entreat ent- ent- me to leave you. Because the Bible says that Ruth clenched onto Naomi and said, your God will be my God. So there was a message that these two women, one heard a different message. The other also heard a different message. But what the Lord was teaching me here was this. You see, Oprah returned back to her people and her gods because all she heard was Naomi's testimony about how bad her life looks already. But Ruth heard the testimony that God has come to visit Bethlehem. And she realized that I got to go and experience this God of Bethlehem. That is why she said, don't force me to leave you. Because some way, somehow, Ruth, I can believe, and I perceive this, that Ruth probably said, these people, this, they, they, they say they have this God. Now look at how they live their life. Look at how they make their decisions. Yeah, yeah, some of us, we come to church when we feel like coming. Some of us, we feel like being nice to people when we feel like it. 
Everything is about feeling like it. Uh-huh. When we, we are okay with it. But yet still, Ruth said, if this God can still come back and visit these people. Because Ruth realized their God was not compassionate. Their God was not kind. He said, the gods of Moab, all they knew was to kill and destroy. But the God of Bethlehem was a compassionate God. Was a faithful God. Because he has said it in his word, it doesn't matter how they keep tossing him back and forth. He will still show himself strong. So I believe that Ruth said, I had to experience my, 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 my time with this God. Because my God does not do this kind of good to me. That's why a singer said, this God is too good for me. You know that song? Yeah, 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 yeah. Too good. Because the God that we serve is a true God. Compassionate. Compassionate. Even when you did not deserve it, Christ still came to die for us. Even when you forgot about him when you woke up in the morning, his mercy still endured forever. Even when you forgot to get on your knees to show love to somebody else, he loved you first. Even when you rejected him, he still showed himself strong to you. He's not a God that will pay you back and forth, but he's a God that is the author and the finisher. He is the God that is faithful to his word. He is the I am, I am. If God says, I will love you no matter what, he loves you. So Ruth made a decision. I have to go and experience this God. My brothers and sisters, I am coming close to an end of my message. But it's necessary for us to understand that we need to hear the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus is that the Lord has come to visit his people. The message of Jesus is that God has come to visit his people. If you keep hearing what other people's condition, how bad it looks, and that is what you hold on to make your decisions, then you miss what God can do in your life. Just because it did not work out for someone does not mean that it's, not, it's also not going to work out for you. God is the God of the living. Amen. If you can trust him enough, yes. if you can believe him enough, yes. let every man be a liar yes. and let God be true. Yes. I came to announce to somebody here, it does not matter where your background looks like. It does not matter what you did in the past. If God says that you have, you have been chosen, yes. then indeed you are chosen. If God said that you are mine, then indeed you are his. He said that you shall be his people and he will be your God. Can I get an amen here? We need to understand the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus. What he has said concerning you is what matters the most. Now, how do we live this life? And this is where this year, 2020, that is coming forth. We are going to spend our time on. Because we need to understand that this hope is a sure hope. Amen. This hope is what? Sure. You see, the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 5, verses 5, 
Now, hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Word Spirit. Hope does not what? Disappoint. Why doesn't it disappoint? Because the love of God. Now, if you think about the love of God, it is that same measure of love. That is, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son Jesus unto us. In the course of your journey in 2020, think about the love of Jesus Christ over your life. Maybe you have forgotten what happened in January and February. But guess what? You are still here. Because the love of God is unconditional. The love of God is what has held you up. The love of God is what has protected you. Now, you see, the people that know how to experience and work in this measure of love are people called the true worshippers. They don't worship based on provision, but they worship based on fellowship. Ah, I didn't get an amen here. 2020 will be the year of true worship. Where the church of God, the shepherd's house, we come to the very place where we know the God that we serve. That there is no compromise to this God. We do not look left or right about this God. But we come to know that he is the God of the living. And we also likewise know that we got to worship him in spirit and in truth. We have to live out our worship. Because that is the reason why he brought his son Jesus Christ for us. The ones we were in bondage. But now he has set us free that we shall worship him. We are worshiping a maker who is above every maker. This one true God. The reason is because the God of the living has visited us. You made it through 2019 because God visited you. Even when you did not know, he visited you. That silent voice, he was still with you. And I know in 2020, God will still show up and still visit his church. I am I am encouraged because I know that the God that I serve is a God of visitation. He says, I stand at the door knocking. I stand at the door what? Knocking. He's the God that when he visits you, when he visits you, he does not just come just to visit. You know, there are some people that come to visit you and they cause you more trouble. But the God of the living, when he comes to visit you, he makes a difference. I want to read some few declarations here. Because Psalm 65 verses 9, the Bible says that when you visit the earth and water it, you greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of what? Water. You provide their grain. For you, for, for so you have prepared it. When you visit the earth and water it, may God water your years that is coming forth. Amen. May God work out your year that is coming forth. In 2020, when the famine comes, when it comes to your land, may God cause your land to be watered. Say, my land is being watered. Because the Lord has visited me. 
the place of God's visitation. Listen, Jeremiah 27, verses 22. The Bible says, They shall be carried to Babylon, and there they shall be until the day I visit them, saith the Lord. Then I will bring them up and restore them to this place. They shall be carried to Babylon. I came to declare to somebody here, if you have been walking back and forth with God, God says that in the day of his visitation, he will restore you. Amen. So I don't know your work with God today, but today I came to announce to somebody here, give your life to Jesus, Amen. the author and the finisher, Amen. the one that comes to visit you, Amen. that when he visits you, he does not just visit, but restores your soul. Amen. God is at work Amen. to restore the lost. I don't know who is still in the place of loss here. I don't know who may be experiencing darkness here. But God is at work to restore the lost. Can I get a church here? Genesis chapter 21 verses 1. The Bible says the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. I read, the Lord visited Sarah as he had what? Said. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had what? Spoken. I pray that may God visit you in the year 2020. That everything that he has said concerning you, everything that he has said concerning you, everything that he has spoken shall come to pass. May your life be a testimony. Of what God has said concerning your life. Amen. When people see you, may they see the testimony of God. Amen. When God visited Sarah, she no longer became a buried woman. Amen. I pray that if you are looking for something that looks like it is close in 2020, it doesn't matter how many years have passed. Amen. When the Lord visits, when the Lord visits, let there be an open heavens, an open gate. I pray for a visitation from God. Anything that seems impossible, time seems like it has passed away. When God visits, when God visits, when God visited Sarah, her name changed, her life changed. May your life change when the Lord visits you in 2020. Exodus chapter 3, verse 16. The word of the Lord says, Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord God your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, appeared to me saying, I have surely visited you, my God, and seen what is done to you in Egypt. He told Moses, Go and tell them, that I have, what, surely what, visited. Keep in mind, God visited his people to fight for them. Any fight that you have been battling with, the Bible says that the fight is not your fight. It belongs to the Lord. May God visit you to fight on your behalf, in your marriage, in your place of work, in your finances. Let there be a visitation. You see, what you need is visitation. Yeah. You are worrying yourself, trying to 
see who you are going to fight with about the problem. All you need is visitation. Because when God comes to visit, when God comes to visit, it doesn't matter what anybody else has said. What he wants to do, he will do it. When God comes to visit. I, 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 as I was praying this afternoon, I said, God, just give the church this understanding. That we need you to just visit us. Let that be our prayer. I'm ending. This is the last one. Psalm 8 verses 4. He said, what is man that you are mindful of? And the son of man that you have what? Visited him. What is man that you are mindful of? I pray that God, as we are entering into the year 2020, the year of true worship, may the visitation of God encamp around us. May the visitation of God meet us in the name of Jesus. Because when we understand that God visits, you got to clench onto your Bethlehem. Because Bethlehem is not just a place. It's not just a physical place. But it is about the message of God in Bethlehem. And that is what I'm holding on to. The promise of God. That is yes and amen. amen. May you rise on your feet.